kicking it in the ESPN 105.1 studio. Wooly and Farns are in the zone, bringing you the beautiful game and broadcast HD. When people get dragged to a CFC game, they get hooked. I have not spoken to one person that's been to a Chattanooga football match that thought, I, I didn't really like that very much. Every person thinks, I'm going to come back. And the Chattahooligans just add such a unique atmosphere. They just encourage more people to be involved. And the players are doing really well on the pitch. Soccer in general across the U.S. is, is just exploding. It's the sport that is on the on the up and up. It's finally arrived in the U.S. They've just taken this recipe, plugged it in here into a, a ripe city, and that's why CFC has grown the way it has. From the heart of America's scenic soccer city, this is Chattanooga Football Club Radio on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Soccer salutations from America's scenic soccer city. We are broadcasting from the ESPN 105.1 The Zone studio. I'm Farns. And I'm Willie. And you're listening to CFC Radio. This is our 12th episode. That's right. It's our dozenth dose of didactic dribble. And here in show number 12, we've got hashtag goals like hashtag Paul Skulls. I know you'd like that one, Willie. It's summertime, and we're in a Miami state of mind. Even though we're not the men in black, we still look good in blue. It's Willie and Farns, just the two of us. We're 17 years into the new Woolenium, and we're about to get Wooly with it. Na 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 na. We've got a specially themed show lined up for you today. Willie, give us the rundown about what we're talking about in this episode. Farns, your freewheeling start there, fantastic as ever. Up on today's show, we've got. Match reports from CFC's last games. We had the Agony in Antioch, the Nashville game, and we've also got Seven Heaven, the win over the Georgia Revolution. We're also going to give you updates on the other results in the NPSL Southeast Conference. And then we're going full girl power this week with our special guest. We've got CFC Women's General Manager Gretchen Hamill, CFC Women's Head Coach Aaron Ridley, CFC Women's Player Laura Thacker, and CFC Women's Marketing Manager Madonna Kemp in the studio with us. They're coming up soon. In the final segment of the show, Farns is going to break down all of the playoff possibilities. There's, there's many. It's alphabet soup again, so uh, he's going to go through all of that. And we've got more information about the Blue Ridge Derby that's coming up against Asheville City Soccer Club. That was just announced this week. They're coming to Chattanooga for a friendly on July 19th. That's going to be a 7.30 kickoff at Fort Finley. Of course, we will have the El Conductor count, the quiz question of the week, and much more. So, first up, we're going to talk about our devastating loss in Nashville. That was last Saturday. CFC took on Inter Nashville FC. Wasn't the result that we wanted. The boys in blue fell to a 2-1 loss to what is actually a very impressive international team. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say, Farns? Most definitely, and that was the team we've been talking about all year long. We need to keep our eyes on, and that's exactly why they were tough. So the, the guys started really well, came out, had lots of early chances. However, Nashville got a breakaway and they, and they took the lead. And then, he's big, he's blue. His feet stick out the bed as Danny Whitehall, as Danny Whitehall, pulled out an unbelievable cheeky scorpion kick. These are the kind of goals that we're used to seeing in the, in the Premier League. Um, it was something out of nothing. It was such an incredible goal. Awesome celebrations by the players and the fans. You know, it's definitely a contender for goal of the season. And caught on videotape. In HD by Mad Kemp Productions. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Yeah, awesome, awesome moment. Then we went into what was the halftime, and then back in the second half, International came out again, and they scored to make it 2-1. 
And then the controversy. CFC, they get a corner. The ball ends up in the back of the net. And it seems like the referee awards the goal. Even the announcer at International FC announced that it was a goal. And then the referee went and had a chat with the goalkeeper and uh, changed his mind and awarded a free kick. So we were back still at 2-1. The crowd weren't very happy about that, were they, fans? No, they weren't. Neither were you nor I. We were in the stands in Antioch. We felt the agony and the confusion for about 30 seconds. Nobody knew what was going on. And when he signaled free kick and not goal, the Chattahooligans let him have it. He heard them loud and clear but did not change his mind. Yeah, so goal called back. We're back to... 2-1 Nashville lead at that point. Yeah, and the guys just couldn't get another goal. You know, they worked really, really hard. Like all the games this season, they put in so much effort, you know, really working well together, but just, just couldn't get those goals back. You know, what was awesome to see, though, is the players coming over to the Chattahooligans, giving them a, a huge sort of uh, clap and, you know, thanks for their support and, you know, vice versa, the Chattahooligans giving it back. So just really special. That's what CFC is all about. So then, Tuesday, July the 4th, CFC were back in action again at Fort Finley, taking on the Georgia Revolution. And and it was a 7-0 win for the boys in blue. I didn't know. Well, we're using an American football scoreboard, so I can't use the joke. That I didn't know our scoreboard went that high. It goes, <laughs> it goes seven at a time. But yeah, seven. That's And you're going to tell us how we got to seven, but still, seven. So it started off really quickly in the rain. John Carrier with his first goal of the season within 39 seconds. Great way to start the game. Then we had a little bit of a delay due to uh, adverse weather. But then, hey, hey, you're so fine. You blow, blow my, my mind. mind. Zeka Faraz, he's been on fire this season. And his mum was actually in the Chattahooligan section that night to see him score an awesome header. Then Georgia went down a man. Controversial sort of incident, wasn't it, Farns? It was. And it was, it was only in like the 29th minute. Minutes. You've only played one third of the match and really haven't had that much time for tempers to flare. But it was like a you know a physical assault for the most part. Two hands around Zeka's neck. Easy red card for yeah. the center official on that one. Definitely. And then Leo DeSmit scored. That's his first goal of the season. Then friend of the show Matt Alabama Aldred scored his first goal of the season as well, and that was a that was a sweet one. Leo scored again, and that was all before halftime. So it was a busy, busy halftime. Second half, Leo scored his third goal and probably the best one of the night at the left-hand, uh, near left-hand post. And then to cap it all off, Cameron Woodfin scored a brilliant solo effort and uh, he's been getting a lot of minutes recently. He's been looking really impressive. And that name may not be very familiar to a lot of our CFC fans, but remember it, Cameron Woodfin. Keep an eye on him. He plays at ETSU, standout player, captain, leading goal scorer. We have such a deep squad and he's new to the squad. He hasn't gotten a lot of playing time, but this was probably his third time to really get involved in the match. We've never seen him quite this comfortable, quite this dangerous on the ball. Hopefully that trend continues for Mr. Woodfin. And shout out to CFC board member Thomas Clark, who arranged for the three-plane flyby at the beginning of the game. And that was really awesome straight after the uh, national anthem. Some fans missed it, though, because the, the rain was coming down and they had to duck for cover. But hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have those planes back again at, at a future game. Remember, we play our final game of the regular season tonight versus FC Carolina United. That's in Charlotte. If you can't make the game, don't forget you can watch El Conductor's live stream on ChattanoogaFC.com. So quick roundup of the other games in the NPSL Southeast conference so last Saturday in the crossover game Atlanta Silverbacks lost 2-1 to one to New Orleans Jesters who were on fire in the West Division Memphis kept up their running win and they beat the Birmingham Hammers 1-0 in the East Division Asheville and tonight's opponents FC Carolina United drew 1-1 
in the final game in the East Division there. Knoxville Force won 3-2 against the Georgia Revolution to keep the Knoxville team on top over there in the East Division. On Monday, July 3rd, uh, New Orleans beat into Nashville FC, which was a huge game for New Orleans and puts them right at the top of the West Division. So here are the standings going in tonight's last round of fixtures. So every team is playing tonight in both the West and the East Division to complete the regular league fixtures. So in the West, New Orleans on top and they are on 25 points. Chattanooga, we are in second on 19 points. Nashville third on 19. Memphis in fourth on 16. So really tight. Lots of potential things could happen tonight. Farns is going to go through that in segment for the show. In the East Division, Knoxville are on top. They're on 23 points. Atlanta is second, 17. Asheville, third in 15. Still some interesting, you know, still some changes uh, could, could occur there tonight as well. In a big battle for second and third place in the West Division, that includes us. That includes Nashville. That includes Memphis. So New Orleans has already wrapped up winning the West Division. Yeah, definitely. This could be some interesting changes uh, come the end of tonight. So remember, keep up to date with all of the uh, on CFC social media pages on ChattanoogaFC.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook to keep up to date with uh, how the boys in blue are getting on. Speaking of social media, CFC's... Uh, men's social media manager Charlie Milburn continuing to kill it and we've got next up the women's CFC social media manager who also kills it coming up soon right Willie? Definitely yeah join us next for CFC women's general manager Gretchen Hamill and CFC's biggest supporter both the men and the women's team Madonna Kemp you're listening to CFC radio on ESPN 105.1 The Zone on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Be a part of the conversation. Tweet us using hashtag CFC Radio. We also accept hashtag goals and hashtag Paul Skulls as of today. If you missed the show live or you're telling a friend about it, then you can listen to the show as a podcast at ESPNChattanooga.com and you can also download it from iTunes. And you can also listen to it at work, listen to it at home, or even whilst cheering on the CFC women's team tonight at Finley Stadium against the Gulf Coast Texans at 7 p.m. As we've been saying, this is CFC's women-themed episode of CFC Radio, and we're going girl power starting right now. We have two special guests this segment. Our first guest is Gretchen Hamill. She's a Chattanooga native. She's the current general manager of CFC women's team. During her playing career, she was a standout at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. And by standout, here's what we mean. Gretchen played at UTC from 1996, the first year of the program, through 1999. And during her four-year career, she captained the Lady Mocks. And here we go. She set the school standards for career goals scored, overall points, number of shots, games played, and games started. She was only second in assists. Come on, Gretchen. She later went on to assistant coach the Lady Mocks. 
She played for CFC Women after that, and then she head coached at her high school alma mater, Grace Baptist School. She also currently administers a women's league during the CFC Women's offseason. She's the Seawolf Sensei of Soccer. She's Gretchen Hamill. Thanks for being here, Gretchen. Thanks for having me here, Reed. And also gracing us in the studio this morning is our second guest, Madonna Kemp. Madonna has been a supporter of the CFC program since its inception in 2009. She serves as photographer and videographer for for the men's team and including during the formative years, helping make CFC a household name in our city. Many of her gifts and talents apply to both the men's and the women's team, including making player highlight videos, filming matches from the pitch and organizing community events. She's a rhetoric and composition instructor at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga and at Chattanooga State. In addition to that, she is a breast cancer survivor. She's the fearless female of football, Madonna, Madonna. Miss Madonna Kemp. Welcome, Gretchen. Welcome, Madonna. It's wonderful to be here with the famous Wooly and Farns. Oh, man, right on. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> hey, so, Gretchen, to get us started, can you take us back to the beginning? You know, when did you start getting involved with the CFC women's team? Well, I started with the women's team at the beginning in 2014 season. I tried out just like all the other, other great soccer players in the area did. So I was part of the first team with head coach Patrick Weinkoff, and he had asked me to be the captain of the team, and I started that season. And actually, at the beginning of the season, I got injured at the very first game. And so couldn't finish the rest of the season. Then I came back for the second season, played for the next season. But then the team was going to fold after the first year. And so um, a few of us players wanted to, we wanted to play again for another season. So we asked uh, Sean McDaniel, the general manager of the men's team, if we could uh, put our resources together and raise money and put a women's team in there together and play again for another season. Then the 2015 season, I kind of played and general managered that year. It was pretty busy, but um, it went it went pretty well. So um, we uh, were lucky enough to come back for another season after that. And so we've just kind of, I've continued to be the general manager and help coach. We've just continued to grow from there. Well, we salute you. You do an awesome job throughout the season, that? but throughout the whole year. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, you're working all year round on this project and it's, it's growing and growing. So, you know, Thank congratulations you. and so uh, keep it up. Madonna, how did you get involved with the CFT women's team? Well, Gretchen brought me in because Gretchen's really smart. She's a good general manager. She's making things as professional as she can, growing them as much as as possible and we've just seen a fabulous improvement in the women's game so much so that when we go to other cities they compliment us and they're telling other people we want to run it like Chattanooga FC women is running it. What are some of the things specifically that they they compliment you ladies on? Well they do compliment Gretchen's ability to run the organization so that it's done professionally bringing in high-level coaches, high-level players, or the coach brings in the high-level players. She's choosing the right people to assist her on game day, making sure everything runs like a well-oiled machine. Uh, She's making sure the right people are in charge of uh, marketing, putting out the right image for the ladies so that they're taken seriously and seen as good high-level professionals, but also as your hometown girls. So tell me, what are some things that girls do better on the pitch over guys? What do they do better than guys? That's a tough question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Do we want to go guys versus girls? Well, I want to say my girls are tougher. I really do. I never see them complain. For instance, Danielle, the goalkeeper, took an actual knee to the face and got up. I didn't see her complain. She just went back into the goal. Wow, this is is a hard question. It's tough. 
Um, I don't have a lot of experience coaching males, but I don't. I, I like the women's game. I feel like the women's game is, has a lot more finesse and a, a little more. It just seems like they have to to really, really work well together to make it work. Um, I feel like women do that. They're very, very. Our personalities are very wanting to do um, the right thing and to please our coaches and and go out there and, and work hard. I feel like most most female soccer players and that I know want to go out there every single time and do their best. And so they want to please the coach. They want to give it their all. So they're very coachable. I feel like girls are very coachable. They're very moldable and very willing to learn when opportunities present themselves to learn. Yeah. And let's be honest, there's more pressure on the women to prove that they are Mm -hmm. worthy of a professional status. So to be fair to the guys, you know, not saying that they don't do these things, but uh, the women have a, a, a harder road And so they have to work a little harder to get that ethos of a professional player. Well, that's some good insight. And I had a follow-up just commentary to what you guys said. So when the U.S. women's team came here in August of 2015, it was like one unit. Everyone was of one mind. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, 30 or 40 yards away, and I could just sense how much it was really just about the team, Mm -hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. What are some of the future milestones for the CFC women's team? What are you guys working on for the future? Well, we there's different areas that we want to grow in. I mean, obviously, as a general manager on that side, I'll talk about that side of it first. I think Madonna kind of touched on that. It's hard for women's sports to kind of, there's the women's team and the, versus the men's team. There's a little bit of a different product, I guess, um, out there. Um, you get a lot more fans at the men's game right now. And I feel like there's a lot more pressure for us as women um, to get people out there and to support us. But that's understandable. It's, it's women's sports. You know, you're going to have a lot more male followers, male fans supporting the men's side of things. One thing that we really want to do is, you know what? Actually, our community support has been amazing. And we are very, very thankful. We have had a ton of support behind us. And, and we want to see that grow. And I think over the, the next few years, bringing together just the coaching and the players is, is build a team that we become a nationally relevant program. Uh, nationally we, relevant program. That's yes. a, that's a mm-hmm. fabulous goal. And Community involvement. Yes. That's where yes. we're moving to. Gretchen is very good about ensuring that 10% of our income goes into charitable, local charitable organizations. There's a little bit of pressure, too, that Farns and I have actually spoken about before, that Chattanooga Football Club is a phenomenal, odd current where you have a team that starts and goes straight into national championships and and kind of stays in that arena. So that puts a little more, you know, uh, weight on the women's team to kind of come up to that level. Not so fair, and probably not so fair to assume that any other NPSL team is going to... They were just very blessed, you know, and that's wonderful. But it is going to take a few more years for any other program to grow, and that's okay. Well, you guys, you're doing awesome, and keep it up. So we've got a couple of minutes left. We wanted to finish up with some quick-fire questions. Oh, goodness. So are you ready? We're going to go, Gretchen, we're going to go with you first, okay? Oh, no. So okay. you've got to choose either or, okay? Okay. All right, first one. Little Debbie or Moon Pie? Oh, duh. Little Debbie. Old school or new school? Old school. Blue or white? White. Grass or turf? Grass. Playing or coaching? Oh, Playing. Oh, tough one. Chatter or Nuga? Nuga. USMNT or USWNT? USWNT. The women. USWMT. <laughs> All right, big N-T. one. This is a big one. <laughs> Willie or Farns? Oh. oh. No, oh, no, don't do we it. Can't do this. <laughs> Willie Farns. Willie Farns. <laughs> Marta or Mia? Oh, goodness. Mia, because she's US. <laughs> All right, last one. 
puppies or kittens? Oh my god, puppies. <laughs> Easy. Here we go, Madonna. Photo or video? Video. Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Chatta or Nuga? Chatta. Soccer all year round or soccer in the summer? Soccer all the time. Farns and or Wooly. <laughs> Farns and Wooly. ESPN 1051 The Zone or ESPN 1051 The Zone? 1051 The Zone. Here we go. Classroom or field? Ah, uh, the field <laughs> is my classroom. Oh, Ooh, good. Nice. Madonna? Biggest grammatical pet peeve? Uh, none. That is Emily's department. Hey, if you're not paying me to correct your grammar, I'm not going to do it. But Emily will, she's the grammar Nazi over here, so... My daughter, Emily, will correct her grammar for you, yes. We'll check with her during the break and see what her okay. biggest pet peeve is. Favorite Chattahooligan chant? Oh, there's so many wonderful chants, but I do like it when they sing. Uh, I don't particularly, you know, like, we don't want to rub it in that somebody's losing, but I like the part of you drove so many hours mm-hmm. just to lose where yep. they sing, eat a little Debbie while you're here. Ooh, nice. Well, thank you so much, Madonna. Thank you so much, Gretchen. It has been a pleasure and an honor to have both of you here. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll be talking to CFC women's head coach Aaron Ridley and CFC women player Laura Thacker. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to CFC Radio on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. back we hope you're having a fabulous saturday in america's scenic soccer city don't forget we play fc carolina and charlotte this evening and the cfc women play this evening in chattanooga at 7 p.m kickoff down at finley stadium also don't forget we're taking on Asheville city soccer club on july 19th in the blue ridge derby wait did you say derby yes <laughs> derby what, it's spelled D-E-R-B. No, it's, defi- it's definitely Darby. Yeah, but it's spelled D-E-R-B-Y. So you can get tickets online at ChattanoogaFC.com. You can also go and see Snowman at Winder Binder Bookstore and Gallery located on Fraser Avenue. So now on the show, we have CFC Women's Head Coach Aaron Ridley and No Nonsense CFC Women's Defender Laura Thacker, a.k.a. Thax. All right, so first up, little info on Erin, who is from Chattanooga and is in her first year coaching with the team, and she's doing a fantastic job. Erin played as a goalkeeper at the University of Virginia and then played for the Memphis Mercury and the Hampton Road Piranhas. Erin has an even more impressive coaching career. Before taking the role here with the CFC women's team, she was coaching at Stephen F. Austin University, Davidson College, Virginia Tech, and George Washington University. Laura Thacker, who is from Lowsoft in England, is currently studying and playing at Lee University. Laura has represented her country, that's England, come on England, (laughs) at under 14 and under 17 level, and has previously played for the Colorado Rapids, the Knoxville Force, Norwich City Ladies, and 
Colorado Pride. Laura is in her first season with CFC and has instantly made a huge impact on the team. Let's hope she comes back next season. So, Erin and Laura, welcome to CFC Radio. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Happy to be here. Erin, what is it like to be back in your hometown and coaching your hometown team? This is awesome. This is a really special place to be. I've been away for a long time. Chattanooga's changed a lot since I've been here in a good way. There's been uh, such a a movement towards a a very soccer-friendly, soccer-happy town. I remember playing at Finley Stadium in high school, for Shoddy Daisy High School, back in 1996, I believe it was. Played in the Final Four of the state championships there. Field was grass, and there wasn't much else around Finley at that point. And to see it grow and to see the support that the city has, it's been absolutely incredible. It's, um, it's, I think the city is a well-kept secret in a lot of ways, but I think the word's starting to get out. That's so great to hear that you're back in your hometown and doing this. So we have a question for you then, Laura. What's it like for you to come to Chattanooga, not being from Chattanooga? How do you like the city? Oh my gosh, I've enjoyed it so much. I I was living in Cleveland, so I was used to a little town. And so I've been driving from Cleveland to Chattanooga and I've just enjoyed it so much. And I, I really wish I was staying here for the summer because it's buzzing and it's growing. And I really wish I'd got a job and like been in the city more, but... I can't believe the fan base too. I've played for a lot of teams and it's like crazy how big we are. You know, I've played for a lot of summer ball teams in Colorado and there's no way like social media and people know my name and they'll like see me out in the street and I'm like, oh my gosh, these people know me. Like, it, <laughs> it's just amazing and I've just really enjoyed being here. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> so Erin, could you tell our listeners that maybe are not as familiar with the CFC women's team, a little bit about the team, a little bit about the squad this season, you know, how has your season been thus far? It's been a good season. It's been probably not um, results-wise what we'd hoped for. Not probably. I, I can tell you it's not been what we've hoped for from that perspective. But from, from what our goals are, this is a very developmental league. It's a league that gives a lot of times college players and players that are preparing to play in college a place to play in the summer and develop. And I think by that metric, it's been very successful. We've had, um, you know, we have everything from 16-year-old to 30-year-olds on the team. So we have a wide variety of players and backgrounds and priorities from a team culture standpoint, from where we've come to where we are now, it's uh, it's been a really great journey. And I give a lot of credit to the players that are here and the amount of effort and passion they put into it and an application. So we've talked a lot about ideas. I think if you guys have been watching a little bit, you've seen our style of play has evolved as, as we've gone on. You know, we've been on kind of the unlucky side of a few bad calls and a few bad bounces. And I hate to kind of pin it to that. You know, I think the good news is we've certainly done enough to win games and be in the thick of games. Take our last road trip. We went and drove over seven hours in vans, stepped out on the field, played a game against Little Rock um, on a very, very small field. It was hard for us to knock the ball around. We created chances. We ended up losing on uh, on a call that I thought was very questionable, which is unfortunate. Played Memphis the next day, less than 24 hours later. We had a game at 2 o'clock in the Memphis Heat. Um, and we, uh, we battled and, and played a, a tremendously gritty game against a team that I thought, again, we had chances to beat. We ended up losing 4-3, to three, but, you know, again, we had a goal called back. Uh, some controversy on the road as well in terms of uh, some refereeing decisions, but this team never quits. And I think that's, uh, that in itself is a huge mark of success. And Laura, you played for some really impressive clubs and teams and, you know, also represented your country back in England. How does the uh, CFC women's team compare? I would say the dynamic and the style of play is like up there with all the teams. Like I think we started off a little rough and we're trying to like figure out each other and we have such a variety of players, but I think it was a Pensacola trip. It just clicked. Like we kind of could read each other better and we were, the style of play that we've been wanting, it just 
I mean, from then on, we've been playing so much better. So I think we're just up there, and it's just the final product to get that ball in the goal. It's just we need we need that. But other than that, we're up there. So something really similar to the men's team, right? It's humbling to hear the challenges you guys face on the road. I mean, the idea of going out to Little Rock. I just imagine this bumpy, rocky pitch in my mind. Am I far <laughs> from it? Maybe. Well, it was actually, it's UALR's home football field, and it's no wider than 60. It's old school what? turf. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very, very tough place to play. Were you able to spend the night on the road and then play in Memphis? Yes. Oh. And then we had to drive two and a half hours from, you know, it's just, it's there's a lot of moving pieces. Wow. So it's, uh, and, and like I said, these guys, they take it in stride. It's It's been a lot of fun to travel with them. Mm-hmm. That's so good to hear. A question for both of you. How does the game differ here in America versus what you see in England for you? And you can compare it to England or maybe other playing styles you've seen. I would say in England, they're more technical, but they're not as athletic. I've, the moment I moved here, I was like, whoa, these girls are quick. They're fit. But I think they're developing more of a technical style now. But I've just realized, like, I just step my game up way. Like, I had to start running more and being aware that, like, I better sprint to this ball so it's a little different for me yeah and I think if you look at kind of the evolution of the women's game we've seen you know and I'm looking through at the college lens where you see a lot of players that go on to play professionally or go on to play for the the national teams that they represent it certainly is a big technical piece so we're getting more tactically savvy as we go I think that the the national teams that you've seen over the last few years are playing better soccer you know but it's uh, it's always that's always been the American challenge is that it's been a, a team that has overcome and, and been dominant based on athleticism and kind of spirit and courage but now the focus is on developing that that player that can that can go overseas the Lindsay Herans that can go over to PSG the you know Carly Lloyds that um, you know can go over and make an impact and you know we're really seeing the modern player now emerge from the U.S. for the first time and and it's it's really exciting and I think that the more that we have women watching the game I think that's the biggest difference is you you have um, you know Thax grew up watching and and supporting teams I think that the hardest thing is challenging and and encouraging young women to watch the game and, and to imitate and look up to those players that they see playing it. So tonight you play against the Gulf Coast Texans, kickoff 7 o'clock, Finley Stadium, yep. just as a reminder there. Aaron, could you tell us who should we be looking out for if uh, fans are coming to their first uh, women's game? Oh, that's a great question. So um, you're talking about from us? or from, Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. From, from us and, and maybe yeah. also from the opposition. If yeah, you... so no, this would be a really exciting game. I, I'm, I'm really thrilled to have this be our last home game. We felt like Pensacola was our best result of the year, even though it was a nil, nil-nil tie. Um, we went down and, and we were able to keep possession and knock the ball around for, for much more extended stretches. We were able to be dangerous in the final third which is something that um, we'd struggled to be kind of early on. So, um, you know, this is a team that likes to play, and, and we are a team that that, it, that uh, values possession and tries to keep keep the ball for the most part and, and look to exploit spaces with our movement, drag players around, um, make them make decisions. So, um, honestly, the last time we went down there was a bit of a chess match, and it was hugely enjoyable. We had our players stepping off the field going, man, that was fun. It was a 0-0 game and both teams very, very pleased with the result. I think that what you're going to see from us is, um, again, we like to build out of the back. So you're going to see our goalkeepers and our center backs on the ball a lot. Um, they're making a lot of the playmaking decisions. Um, we get like to get our outside backs high and wide. Um, we play a four, t- uh, sorry, four three three with a with one holding midfielder. So um, look for that that holding midfielder to the six to really change the point of attack as much as possible. And then uh, we try to create as much width as we can in the final third. So um, you'll see uh, hopefully players that are isolating and um, uh, creating two v ones on the flank and and really trying to get service in um, for our players 
particularly someone like Thax to uh, <laughs> to get her head on the end of it. So um, you know we've got a, a team that that really is very comfortable moving the ball and keeping the ball, and uh, that's been an evolution uh, for what we've done this summer. And, and I'm hopeful that that product will come out uh, tonight. That's awesome. Farns and I love a good four three three, very attacking. Uh, so. Laura, we've just got a minute left on the okay. clock before we go to break, so we've got a couple of questions for your teammates. Okay. All right, first up, who's the quickest on the team? Summer, by far. Who is the loudest on the team? Uh, probably me. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the most competitive? I would say Summer again. She's a feisty one. <laughs> yeah. Who's got the best techers? And techers, if you're not familiar with that term, is, is just sort of yeah, technical skills. And, uh, yeah. I mean, manning up top, she's pretty technical. Who is the best trainer? Tim. Who's got the hardest shot? Oh, gosh. Manning. Yeah. For sure, yeah. <laughs> and who is the best dancer? Uh, probably Summer again. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, and this question comes via CFC player Zeka Faraz, and he wanted to know, where is the best pregame restaurant in Cleveland, Tennessee? I like the yellow delis <laughs> is that it <laughs> that's awesome alright huge thank you to CFC women's head coach Erin and to CFC women's defender Laura don't forget you can catch the women tonight at Fort Finley 7pm kickoff against the Gulf Coast Texans tickets are $5 and if you have a CFC men's 2017 home jersey or a CFC 2017 bracelet you can get into this game for free Coming up next, we're going to be talking about the ever-increasing El Conductor count. We got a quiz winner from last week's question, and we got Farns Playoff Bonanza. You're listening to CFC Radio on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. back to the final segment of CFC Radio. We hope you're enjoying the show. Please spread the word and tweet us questions and your comments to hashtag CFC Radio. And don't forget, you can catch the show as a podcast at ESPNChattanooga.com and now available as a podcast at iTunes. So to kick off this last segment of the show and what a show it's been, we're going to give you an update from last week's Chattahooligans event, which was Operation Pymash. And this occurred at the beginning of the July 4th game against the Georgia Revolution. Awesome event, one that fans. It was really cool, and you and I both had the astute honor of being pied in the face for $5 a pop. <laughs> yeah, so, and lots of players took part, both CFC men and women's players. Uh, the coaches were there in, in there too. Uh, Sean McDaniel, general manager. Got- I missed that, man. I, I was told that Sean was in there and Angela said, her, his wife said, you gotta get up there. <laughs> yeah, she- and we, we, we work at the stadium kept me from getting up there, but Sean, you, you dodged a bullet. I, I would have gotten you. <laughs> and also Galen Riley, some of the Chattahoogans took part in that as well. Great event. They did an awesome job, and that was raising money for Mission Accomplished Stable Housing. They raised $1,273, which is awesome. Congratulations to all the Chattahooligans who worked hard to make that happen. There's too many to name them all. There was an army of Chattahooligans making that whole process happen because they painted those two huge boards that people stuck their heads through to get pied. That took forever, I bet. They had a a big whipped cream station that everyone was working, a pay station, a wipe-down station. I think the two who really quarterbacked it the most were Nick Listine and Madonna Kemp, who we just had on the show. 
And congratulations to both of them, especially in all of those who worked hard and pitched in and raised over a thousand bucks. And it's not just that event. They do community events and support lots of nonprofits in uh, Chattanooga right throughout the season and, you know, right throughout the year as well. So as always, huge hats off to our Chattahooligans. They do an awesome job come game day, but also out in our community. And they have a community action committee, the CAC. Get involved with the Chattahooligans as they get involved in the community. Learn more about them on the Chattahooligans Facebook page. All right, quiz question. Last week's quiz question was, who is CFC's last regular home season against and on which day it is? And at M-A-C-A-U-L-L I see, that's his Twitter handle, replied with July 4th against the Georgia Revolution, hashtag CFC Radio. Congratulations. You have now won two tickets to the upcoming Blue Ridge Derby versus Asheville City Soccer Club. We will direct message you on Twitter with more information about how to pick up those tickets. And this week's question is, which CFC women's player is currently the leading goal scorer in their league. So tweet your answers to hashtag CFC radio. So next up, we have the omnipresent segment called El Conductor Count. Drum roll, please, Mr. Woolley. The El Conductor Count is now at 143. Congratulations to you, El Conductor, 143 straight CFC matches. Keep it going. Okay, now coming up, Farns is going to break down the playoffs. There are lots of ways that this could go, and we've got the, the sort of league table up here in, uh, in front of us. And just remember, tonight is the final round of games for all of the teams in the MPSL Southeast Conference. Remember, the conference has been split this year because we've got more teams. We're in the West, and we've also got the East. So there's lots of different things that could potentially happen with all of tonight's games. Before he gets started, remember, El Conductor will be there in Charlotte. He is going to be live streaming the game. So you can catch that on ChattanoogaFC.com. Just go on there. We, we post up the link so you can watch the live stream. It's, it's free, which is awesome service that he provides. And again, a huge thank you for that. It's in really fantastic quality. You know, and he travels to all these games. That is a, an awesome tool, awesome resource. Huge shout out to our friends, Chattahooligan Live, who provide in-game commentary. They've done an awesome, awesome job this season. They've stepped up their game even more with this in-game commentary, with the live replays. I mean, it's so professional. Really awesome. We're really uh, appreciative of what the Chattahooligan Live guys do. Thank you, guys. Let's get to this playoff breakdown. As Wooly said earlier, I'm going to give a quick recap of what the current standings are, and then we'll go through a couple of scenarios. So as Wooly said, we're split in this Southeastern Conference. We're split into two divisions, the West, which is the one that CFC is in, and the East. Each division has five teams in it, a total of 10 teams in our conference. So in the West Division, the current standings, New Orleans are on top. Next, it's Chattanooga. Next, it's Nashville, followed by Memphis, and then Birmingham. Birmingham, at this point, has been mathematically eliminated 
from the playoff picture. Memphis is not completely eliminated, but it's going to take a miracle. A miracle in that Chattanooga has to lose and Nashville has to lose and Memphis has to win. Let's look at the most probable scenario. This weekend, Chattanooga-Nashville will both play if we have the goal differential on top of Nashville. So all we have to do is match what Nashville does Tonight, if they tie, we need to tie. If they win, we need to win. And we will then retain our second place in the conference, which means we will host that play-in game on Tuesday, July 11th. If that is the case, that means we will be at home on Tuesday night here in Chattanooga at Fort Finley, and we will be posting straight away on our social media platforms about how you can get tickets to that game. We're used to huge, big crowds for these playoff games, so we'd love to see you out there. Back to you, Farns. That's totally right. On social media on Saturday night, you better believe it. We're going to be all over it. Our main man, Charlie, burning down the house. Milburn is going to be tracking it play by play. And as soon as that final whistle blows, we will know where we're playing on Tuesday. So let's simplify it all to say this. Our destiny is in our own hands, Willie. We control where we're going. All we have to do is win tonight. If we win tonight, we host the play-in match on Tuesday, and it will more than likely be Nashville. All these other scenarios that are out there, which include Memphis winning, Chattanooga and Nashville both losing, then it's going to go into a three-way tie between Nashville, Chattanooga, and Memphis. And there's a pretty complicated way of doing a tiebreaker in that situation. But all of that is eliminated if we simply win tonight. And Willie, the last time we played FC Carolina, we beat them 5-0. That was in Fort Finley. So we had a huge home field advantage. I think our team has only gotten better as the season has progressed. We've seen some of these teams, and I think FC Carolina is probably more susceptible to this than most teams are. If they're already mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. I don't know what we can expect to see from them, but I have a feeling it's not going to be their best. Yeah, I think sometimes these teams, I mean, especially when you get eliminated, you kind of maybe switch off a little bit from the season, but we're Chattanooga Football Club. We are the big dogs, so people always bring their A game against us. So we are taking this game by game. We're hoping for this win this evening, and then, like we said, we'll uh, be in Chattanooga on Tuesday night. Going on from there... We don't know yet. So let's just focus on tonight. We will let you know what happens if the guys win about Tuesday night's game. And then we will keep you up to date with things going forward. And the best way to stay up to date with us is check our Facebook page, Chattanooga Football Club, and also our Twitter page, Chattanooga FC. So... We announced this week that we are going to be holding a friendly, and it's uh, been called the Blue Ridge Derby. Wait, wait, wait. It's, it's just derby, man. It no, says no, no, no. D-E-R-B-Y. Okay. Well, where, where I'm from, we call it a derby. You call it derby? I'm going to change it in the notes here to D-A-R-B-Y. <laughs> so, Chattanooga Football Club are going to be taking on Asheville City Soccer Club. They're a brand new team to the MPSL Southeast Conference this season. The two clubs, so Chattanooga Football Club and, and Asheville, they've been working together. Chattanooga's been, you know, giving them a lot of support whilst they've been sort of setting up their operation. And they have done an awesome job there this season. You know, they had over 2,500 fans at their first home game of the regular season, which is awesome. So, our beer sponsor, which is Chattanooga Brewing Company, and 
Asheville's, which is Higher Wire Brewing there in Asheville, uh, are going to be also part of this event and they're going to be hopefully having their beverages on sale at the stadium on that evening. Something special they're doing is that Chattanooga Brewing Company is going to be selling High Wire beer in their brew house and then High Wire Brewing is going to be selling Chattanooga Brewing Company beer and that plays in honor of this Darby, as you put it so eloquently, Wooly. That's cool, man. That's awesome spirit of competition and cooperation at the same time, right? And we hope that lots of Asheville fans will come to Chattanooga and enjoy the weekend here. I know many people from Chattanooga go to Asheville and enjoy that awesome city. So let's hope lots of Asheville fans come here. And tickets are now on sale at ChattanoogaFC.com. And for Asheville fans that may be listening, you can buy tickets at AshevilleCitySC.com. July 19th. It's a Wednesday. Put it on your calendar. First annual Blue Ridge Derby. So that's all we've got time for to today's show. Don't forget to follow us and keep up to date with all Chattanooga Football Club news on our social media platforms and websites. A big thank you again to our guests, Gretchen Hamill, Madonna Kemp, Erin Ridley and Laura Thacker. And thanks to and a happy birthday to our producer Wells and to Justin and their crew for putting on such an awesome show every week. And of course, thank you all you listeners out there Catch us every Saturday from noon until one right here on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Signing off from CFC Radio. This is Farns. And I am Willie. And don't don't forget forget to keep keep on kicking kicking in the free world. Chattanooga Football Club Radio is property of the Chattanooga Football Club. Visit ChattanoogaFC.com for news and updates, schedules, tickets and season passes, youth camps, and official Chattanooga Football Club gear. Chattanooga Football Club Radio, a Brewer Media Group presentation on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Broadcasting from the Home Rate Mortgage Studios, downtown Chattanooga, WALD-FM, Lakeside Chattanooga, ESPN 105.1 The Zone, a Brewer Media Group station.